With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Flames and Maple Leafs are scoreless early in the second period. Same part of the game. Flyers up 2-1 on the Rangers. Later tonight, Wild and the Avalanche. Ducks visit the Coyotes. And the Kings play the Blues. Couple games final already. Lightning over the Hurricanes, 3-0. Stars over the Panthers, 3-0. Oilers and Canucks tomorrow on 6.30, Chad. The face-off show will start at 6. The game will start at 8 as the Oilers pull off a dramatic comeback last night. Stayed with it, got the win. They've won four in a row. They've won 10 of their last 12. He joins us every week here on Inside Sports, former NHL goaltender, now broadcaster, the one and only Kelly Rudy. Kelly, how are you doing, sir? I'm well, Reed. How's your day going, by the way? Well, my day's going great. Um, you know, if, if you've seen Jalen Nye's uh, social media, uh, you know, she lost uh, someone close in her family, so she's been off for a few days. So I did 2 to mm-hmm. 6 for 6.30 Chad Heart Pledge Day, which I've done as a, as a listener before, even though I've been working right. at Chad for several years. And, yeah. uh, I, I mean, really just I'm almost beyond words just how amazing it was to talk to doctors, nurses, patients, and, and hear their stories. And amazing to see our community step up with a total of, well, I'm going to round it up a little bit uh, and say basically $505,000 because there's probably still some few donations right. coming in for the Mazinkowski since I, I made that announcement. So it, it, was, it was pretty awesome to be a very small part of that, Kelly. Yeah, I know. It's a real heartwarming uh, story. Kellen, your producer, told me how much you guys had raised or helped raise, and, man, that is so impressive. I have a little bit of a history with the uh, Mazinkowski uh, Heart Institute, and it goes back, boy, I've lost track of the years, but I think it would be 10 or 12 years ago. There was a young hockey player, well, everybody's young to me, but (laughs) uh, name is Shane Lehman, and he played for the St. Albert Saints, uh, real good or excuse me, Spruce Grove, he played for Spruce Grove in the AJHL. Uh, he was quite a hockey player. In fact, um, he was accepted to go to Maine uh, on a college scholarship. But his last year, he was having some real fatigue issues. And it, as it turns out, he was in heart failure. So I don't know if Dr. Stephen Meyer still works at the Mazinkowski Institute, but uh, I interviewed Shane for Hockey Day in Canada quite a few years ago. And uh uh, it was a really heartwarming story. He needed a heart transplant, of which he did receive that. And uh, after that, he was starting to do more things. He was active. He was, he was uh, getting back to running again, doing all sorts of things. In fact, uh, also, he was accepted to become a nurse. Now, I, I didn't, I haven't followed through, and I'm not sure if he is a nurse now, but his whole experience going through the Mazinkowski Institute really changed his uh, outlook on life. And, uh, man, it was, uh, it was a really heartwarming story for me to do and to be in Edmonton and understand what the Institute does and how it helps so many people. So great cause, Reed. I'm really proud of you, buddy. 
Yeah, I, I, I remember Shane's story a, a bit. I don't want to pretend I remembered in, in great mm-hmm. detail. Well, maybe, maybe we should try to track him down and, 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 and follow up with him. I'm just looking up his stats. Right. He had a couple seasons with the Saints well over yeah. uh, a point a game. So, yeah, yeah, thanks for sharing that, Kelly. That That, that is oh, awesome, yeah. man. That's good to hear. And, and I know as a yeah. guy who, uh, you know, you're a, you got proud Edmonton roots, so I know you're proud of the Mazinkowski as well. Hey, uh, a lot of people listening tonight are proud of the Edmonton Oilers lately. Uh, mm-hmm. My goodness, 10 of their last 12. And you know what I like? E- even the two games they lost, Kelly, in those 12, I know this, the goals against got up yep. on them a little yep. bit, but even those games, they were never out of it. And I and I think sometimes that's where it starts with a team. A little bit of resilience, a little bit of confidence, and never going away. Absolutely. And I saw that in Mike Smith last night. It wasn't uh, his best start, but uh, there's something... I don't know about a veteran that, and when like when I look back upon my career, there were there was a time, and I'm not sure when it was, but I learned how to play through that. Where it's, it's not going very well, you're getting scored on. Um, it, it looks like it's going to be a horrible night, and somehow you just find the resolve to continue to play. And and in in their case, they got the late goal in the first. Uh, they played quite a bit better in the second, and then they uh, basically dominated in the third. And you know, it's all about that whole experience and uh, I've always said you can't ever have a oh what was me attitude you can't give in to the feeling and it was a really impressive win uh, and you know there was a little bit of luck involved you know you get the game winning goal and a little bit lucky but that's how it goes yeah well and guys around the net right I mean Ennis missed yeah. an open net earlier and then and then he gets that one I gotta ask you this though Kelly do you have any idea how that first goal on Smith went in? I mean, he just basically <laughs> said he was never going to even bother watching the tape. He said it would just be a waste of time to even look at it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, I believe it slid under his right pad that was up against the post. Uh, I, I tried watching it a bunch of times, but it was really difficult. Um, and, you know, hey, listen, uh, again, going back to my experience, anytime you're going to play – a lot of games you're going to let in some real doozies and that was uh, that would rank up there as one of the worst i suspect that he's ever given up uh but uh, hey once again it's, it's all about uh, what do you have inside what are you going to do are you going to give into that and uh, or are you going to just continue to play and one thing you always have to have as a uh, as a player for sure but goaltenders more than anything just a, a really great erase button forget about it just make the next save and uh, when that happens and try and be a rock for your team well and that's and that's how rob and i started our show after the game that mm-hmm what goaltending or otherwise how do you react at the highest level of sport when you're not going your way i mean it's 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 fine to play when you're up you know three nothing with five minutes left in the third period everybody wants to be out on the ice in those situations and and i and i loved hearing um from from tippet last night where he said that the players in the dressing room and and first of all great they were handling it and a coach didn't need to fire them up but the players said look we're down 3-1. Let's just make the third period the best period of the game. You know, and there obviously go, the goal right? is winning, but make it the yeah. best period and then live with the result. It's funny how, and you know, when I go public speaking or used to before the pandemic, one of my uh, messages was in life or in sports, you have to have manageable goals, right? Really small goals. And, and that's exactly right for the Oilers last night. You know, just go out there, have a great third period. Well, how do you do that? Like, is it... You know, it, they're all cliches, but they're all entirely accurate. You know, about one shift at a time. I used to break down games five minutes at a time because I knew I could be perfect for five minutes. Now, if I wasn't, then I 
uh, just erase this the slate and do another five minutes and it's the same thing in life you need manageable goals as a broadcaster Reed, i'm sure you have yours i know mine i want to have a first good sentence or or something like that start off the broadcast really sharp and it just feels as though once that happens then i'm not chasing the broadcast and uh, struggling through the entire night and so you know, for uh, that's what a hockey team has to do. You you go out there and you make sure that your goals are manageable and you can accomplish those. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports. His appearances are presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Uh, I, I do a, a hit on global television here in Edmonton every Wednesday morning, and I was getting ready for that. I was like... What? Montreal Canadiens did what? Don't they have a decent record? Uh, Julian is out. Kirk Muller is out as well, who guy I loved watching back in the day, yeah. uh, by the way. And uh, Ducharme is the, uh, I guess, interim coach for now. I mean, what, what, what do you make of that? I mean, I, I, I think we all knew they were overachieving somewhat the first 10 or 12 games of the season. What do you make of this change? Well, I have to admit, I'm not surprised. Um, you know, I, I just felt that uh, even though, as you mentioned, they're the rec- they're off, they were off to a really good start and still pretty good record right now, but uh, they, they just didn't look quite right the last little bit. And uh, I always hate that the coach gets fired, or in this case, two of the coaches and two, two really terrific human beings, but uh, they they didn't look quite right, and the messaging wasn't there. Uh, their general manager said the same thing. The message wasn't getting through anymore. And unfortunately, the, the coach pays uh, the cost now. And, and the fact of the matter is, you know, the coach doesn't make the, the saves put on the pads, but Carey Price hasn't been uh, very good. Um, uh, realistically, he has to be a whole lot better, and maybe this will spark him as well. Yeah. You're going to like this, Kelly. I got a buddy who's a big uh, Montreal Canadiens fan, and he texted yeah. me because I tweeted out one of the things you're going to talk about was the Canadiens, yeah. and he texted me, and he says, Rudy is biased against the Habs because of 93. <laughs> oh, but You know how many times people He's get joking. a hold of me on social media for that? Oh, they do, though. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, I think I've got a life. I've got kids. I've got grandchildren. It just drives me crazy when people say that. This guy, I'm glad to hear he's joking, but I, oh, of I course seriously is, yeah. get people say that, right? You're like, yeah, like okay, you're not still, yeah, right. you're not still mad. You're not going to like punch Eric Desjardins if you ever see him because he got a goal on you. Like athletes, <laughs> oh athletes God. move on after a while. It's, right? He's, right? Trust, trust me. He's just having a little bit of little bit of fun. <laughs> okay, but uh, the flip. The, the Flames bounced back from the, the sweep against the Oilers to beat uh, Toronto. They're, they're scoreless so far tonight. Yeah. Are you – Are you? because I watched those games, obviously, and I thought I, I am not seeing as much life from the Flames as I thought I would see in games against Edmonton. Are, are you still figuring out who the Flames are this season? I Yes, I really am. I, I know some people, especially Edmontonians, might think this is a bit of a stretch. But uh, And, uh, yeah, I'm watching the game right now. And they're playing better. They played much better on Monday. But I wonder if this – because this team is largely the same that it was two years ago. And if you guys remember, two years ago, I think it was their 10th game of the season, they lost at home to Pittsburgh 9-1. And seriously, I'm driving home after the game and I'm thinking – gosh, when is this team ever going to win again? And then they went on a 17-5 and run, and then I think they finished that year 25 games over 500. So 
with my rose-colored glasses on, I'm wondering if that sort of moment to lose to the Oilers on Saturday is sort of the same sort of thing where they kind of of realize, you know, we've got to be committed here. And and they certainly weren't weren't those two games on the weekend versus the Oilers. And, And maybe that was the turning point for them. Who knows? Yeah. What do you what do you think of McDavid's no look goal for the well, part of the hat trick? Listen, that guy. I I said it on Saturday night. Uh, I'm telling all my friends, you have to watch this guy the entire game because he's uh, he is the most dangerous player uh, every single shift. He's he's at a new level. I didn't think that was possible, but I got to tell you, I love watching that guy right now and and his partner Drysaddle. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun. Kelly, this is yep. always fun to have you on the show. Uh, I'll let you get back to paying uh, more attention to, to Calgary and Toronto because I'm probably distracting you. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do this again next week, buddy. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and congrats with all the work today for the Mazinkowski. Yeah, thanks to everybody who, who worked on that and, and donated. It, it's just incredible. That is Kelly Rudy presented by Sentinel Storage here on 630 Chat. It is 619. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. If you want to get in touch, the the CertainTeed hotline is 780-496-0063. CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials, pro all the way. That's the same number to text. You can follow me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. If you use email, you can email me, inside sports at 630ched.com. We have a lot to discuss with the Edmonton Oilers. We'll get back to, uh, we'll hear from some of the audio today from Vancouver, inside sports on 630ched. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. The Oilers are back at it tomorrow in Vancouver. A lot of excitement about the team. I'll talk more in the next half hour about what's happened here over the last few weeks and contrast that to some things I said earlier in the season where I was, to be frank, quite concerned about where the team might be headed. Gary says the Oilers are playing like a team. All lines are working. Good job, Oilers. That is from Gary in Cold Lake. Awesome community. And yeah, the news out of Montreal today. Dominic Ducharme says he's ready to take on the challenge of being the Montreal Canadiens' new coach. He's 47. He's from Joliet, Quebec. He was appointed interim head coach today after the team fired Claude Julien. Ducharme says the new job is like taking a test that you've studied hard for. You know, when you prepare, you sit down at school, you get your exam. We don't care what the, the questions are going to be. You're ready to answer. So you're pretty nervous when you're not ready, when you didn't study. So I feel... I feel comfortable. I, I feel ready. And GM Mark Bergevin says he felt he needed to make a move after the team fell from being near the top of the standings at the beginning of the season to its current three games without a win. You know, we, we just we need a jump to start. I mean, after that week off, I thought we would really be coming out flying uh, and, and the, the refocus, re-energize, back in sync, and I didn't see that. 
So, of course, Julian was in his second go-round as head coach of the Canadians. He returned to the team partway through the 16-17 season. He'd previously been the coach there from 03 to 06. So that is the uh, big news in the North Division today. We'll see if it uh, helps the Montreal Canadiens. And, you know, it's... <laughs> It's been interesting watching the Oilers move up here. Now, I still look at points percentage because if you just look at points, it's Toronto with 30, Edmonton with 26, Winnipeg 23, Montreal 22. So that makes it look like the Oilers are comfortably in second. Not really the case. If you go by points percentage, Edmonton is third with a 619 points percentage, not far behind the Jets who are at 639. And Montreal, that was a solid second for most of the year behind the Leafs, has now dropped down to fourth with a 611 points percentage. They are still 4-4-2 in their last 10. and their uh, last two games, they have got points in for losing in overtime or a shootout. But the Oilers have been able to move up. And, uh, man, oh, man, like if, if Calgary – if I'm getting a a lot of ifs, but let's just do it just for fun. If Calgary beats the Leafs tonight and Edmonton wins tomorrow, then Edmonton is two points behind Toronto for their three-game series coming up, though the Leafs would have one game in hand. Fun time. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. In oil country, we'll discuss further. You'll hear a little bit from head coach Dave Tippett. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. We're back after the news and weather. a little bit later on covers the Habs for sportsnet.ca tiger woods will look into his injuries a little closer with grant fedork tonight from leading edge physiotherapy grant was also there at augusta national when woods won the masters in 2019 the flames and maple leafs are scoreless with about four and a half minutes left in the second period six minutes to go in period two the flyers lead the rangers 3-2 james van reemsdyk has the Flyers' third goal in that one, his ninth of the season. Kreider has both for the Rangers. He is now up to seven. Colorado home to Mini at seven. Ducks will play the Coyotes. Kings will take on the Blues. Earlier, Lightning over the Hurricanes, three-zip. Vasilevsky got the shutout, and the Stars win 3-0 on the road against Florida. Hudobin with the clean sheet in that game. Oilers, Canucks tomorrow. They will go at it again. It'll be a 6 o'clock face-off show here on 6.30, Chet, the game will start at 8. Andy Moog scheduled to join me tomorrow. We'll also talk a little bit about the Edmonton Oil Kings who are getting set to start their season finally this weekend. You can get me at 780-496-0063. That is the CertainTeed hotline. That's the same number to both call and text if you use either of those forms of uh, communication. I'm always happy to hear from you. And I feel like people have a lot to say about the Oilers these days as it is going very very well and i and i will say this watching that game last night i mean the first goal was was befuddling 
That's that's the oldest fashioned word I can think of. What do you like, Kellen? It was to me. It was between confounding or befuddling. Perplexing. I think befuddling is more. Well, perplexing is a good word, but I think befuddling is more old-fashioned. If someone has a more old-fashioned word to describe that first goal, they can send it in. Hmm. But Smith clearly was just like, that that was such a horrifically crappy goal that he just was going to write it off. And I kind of thought, all right, it's a bad goal. You don't want to give up a bad goal. You don't want to feel good about it, but you don't want to let it ruin your whole night. And as we've seen sometimes, and let's face it, there's been... There's been worries about the Oilers' goaltending from me a lot of the time. And I I think especially sometimes when Koskinen is in net, we've seen certain things about his game exploited over and over again. It's not always there, but some nights he might let in an early goal, maybe a little bit of a leaky one or one where he doesn't look set in the net. And you think, oh, no, is this going to happen all night? And then he struggles throughout the evening. That goal was bad, but so weird. I did think to myself, okay, that's not going to happen again. It's certainly not going to happen twice in the same game. It's probably not going to happen twice in, I I mean, I don't know. Like, how many goals like that do you think Mike Smith has led in his career from from that angle, that specific way? That might have been the first one. Second goal, yeah, you know, Oilers lost a face-off, couldn't get out to the point quickly enough. Myers blasted it. It did tick in off Ennis's stick. That happens. And then, okay, the third goal, scramble in front. Peterson found the puck, puts it in. So were the Oilers playing great? I would say no, but I didn't look at that 3 nothing lead and think to myself, they are getting run out of the building. I didn't look at that and say, man, they are not even in this game. Now, look, did I think they were going to win? That would have been a stretch. But even at 3 nothing, I thought, you know, if it doesn't get to 4 nothing, and if, if the Oilers get the next one, it'll probably be at least an interesting third period. Maybe it'll come down to a goalie pole. And sure enough, they got one late in the first. Second period was quite entertaining. A couple of power plays either way. Breakaways. I mean, David had an open look. Demko start, uh, stopped them. Roussel had the shorthanded breakaway. Huge save by Smith. And here's another thing about the, the goaltending. When you have the solid goaltending, you're talking about plays that are made in terms of mistakes that are made. Tyson Berry and Connor McDavid, who are two of the Oilers' best players, I don't think that's debatable, messed up. I mean, they messed up. It happens. They messed up. I mean, they're, they're trying to get the puck, and Barry's fumbling it. McDavid tries to poke it away and misses it, and Roussel's got a breakaway. If that goal goes in, we're talking about those two guys screwing up in a situation they shouldn't screw up. Well, they got the power play. They should control the breakout. They should know where each other's are going. They shouldn't be more responsible. That'd be the dialogue. Instead, Mike Smith made the save. They didn't score. Yeah, they, it was a mistake, but Mike Smith bailed them out. So entertaining second period. By the way, Roussel got fined for going after Jesse Pugliarvi. Kind of a bizarre play. I, I was watching the replay again, and Pugliarvi kind of skated by him and clipped him a little bit, but it, certainly Pugliarvi wasn't taking a run at him or I don't think even trying to hit him. So it was weird Roussel reacted to that extent, especially against a player you would think he would know isn't going to fight. I mean, Pugliarvi looked... A little, a little stunned there at first with, with what was happening. And by the way, I know this player is wildly popular to begin with, and this probably adds to it. Did you notice who jumped in right away? Did you notice who jumped in right away when Rousseau was going after Pugliarvi? Did you notice who said, hold on, 
You don't do that to Big Yessi. He's our little brother. Did you notice who that was? I'll give you a hint. He wears number 93. So I'm sure you all love that. So then going to the third period, they're at 3-1. And, I, and again, I don't want to sit here and say, saying to think, oh, yeah, I knew the Oilers were going to come back. Because, of course, I didn't. Down two going to the third. Odds are you're going to lose. But I thought this should at least be an interesting third period. The Oilers fell behind early. They didn't crumble. They stayed in the game. They, they didn't let a couple of bad breaks ruin their evening and let it spiral, spiral out of control. Let's see if they got a shot. Now, I will tell you this. When Dominic Cahoon scored in the first minute of the third period, first thing that I thought to myself was the Oilers are winning this game. Thought maybe it might take overtime, but they won in regulation. And so the Oilers handled adversity, got the saves, and stuck with it, and the Canucks couldn't. Now, is that the talent level of the two teams? Is that the mindset of the two teams? Is that coaching, perhaps, and leadership? Maybe all of the above. But the Canucks have not been doing well. And I think you could sense that they were crumbling a little bit in the third period once the Oilers got it going. And Rob and I talked about it on overtime open line Last night, passes to nobody, passes back into your own end instead of trying to push the puck up ice, uncertainty with the puck. You know, not being able to get the puck through the neutral zone. Yeah, they had a couple of good chances, but but Smith made the stop. So, so good for the Oilers for doing that. And now you're looking at some games and saying, okay, the Oilers got to make hay here when they're playing teams below them in the standings. They're not going to win every game. I mean, heck they may lose, they may lose tonight, but I think, I think they have come a long way and they've certainly come a long way from about, well, when would have it been January 19th or 20th? They're four games into the season. They're one and three. And they'd lost really badly to Montreal on a Saturday night and then had an 0-for-7 power play effort in a 3-1 loss to Montreal on the Monday night follow-up game. And I remember coming on Inside Sports that night and asking everybody, who are the Edmonton Oilers? Like, is this a team that's not going to be able to commit to checking? Is, is this a team that's going to fall behind and then fall behind worse? Is this a team that's going to have opportunities on the power play and not use those advantages to get back in the game? Is that who the Oilers are this season? I was concerned. I, you know, I, I thought they'd play better eventually, but even when they were three and six, did I, did I think so quickly they would be now five games over 500? No, I thought it would take a little longer to get back to 500 and then get over 500. So how have they done it? A, I got to give Tippett credit. Because some of the moves Tippett was making, I questioned. I think some of you questioned, why doesn't he put the the Yamamoto, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins line back together? You know, what's he doing with Pugliarvi? Why doesn't he take Barry off the power play? Why did he put Kara back in? Why is he going to start Smith three games in a row or, you know, a couple more games after he got pulled against Winnipeg? Why is he doing all those things? Most of the things he has done, has worked. And I think his level-headedness and commitment to some of the players has helped. I also think you have a team with more experience and experience breeds confidence. I, I, I really believe that. And I think back to the years I've been hosting this show and hosting the Oilers broadcast and overtime open line. And and look, it's funny tonight. This is a bit of a, a milestone. 21 games into the season, 
granted this is an abnormal season. They're only going to go to 56 games, but it's 21 games into the season. The Oilers are 13 and eight decent record. The first year I was hosting the broadcasts in the fall of 2013, after 21 games, the Oilers were four 15 and two. The season was over. You're 11 games, five, uh, you're 11 games under 500, a quarter of the way into the season. It's lights out. Like that was the season. You got 61 games left. It's over. You're not making the playoffs. But I, I think back to something Now, Some of those players did get traded. You know, Hall got traded. Everly got traded. But a lot of it was like Nuge is never going to turn into anything. You know, Nurse is never going to turn into anything. Clef Baum, who I know is injured now, is never going to turn into anything. Just get rid of these guys. But I, I truly believe looking back now, especially – what was happening was there were a lot of young players on the Oilers because they had no depth and they didn't have a lot of good veterans who were thrust into positions of leadership on and off the ice before they were ready to do it. And what happens? You lose. What do we often hear about Nuge? Well, he can't check. He can only play in the offensive end. He can only do this. Well, now he's, he's a really good all-around player. I mean, you see Nuge back checking. No, granted, he doesn't play center much anymore, so he's not taking face-offs, but that's how long it can take sometimes. Darnell Nurse is playing better this year than he has ever played at any other time in his career. That's how long it can take sometimes. Now, yes, he's got a better partner, but that was up to the GM to go out and to get that guy. So I think it's a lot of things. I, I think the team is deeper just in terms of talent than it's been in a long time. And I think just mentally and experience-wise, they're in a better place than they have been, well, in ages. Quite. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Frankly, 780-496-0063. If you want to chime in, it's Inside Sports on Chet. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. 780-496-0063 is the certainty hotline. And, oh, we had somebody and now he's gone. Well, <laughs> he can call back. <laughs> we were just about to bring him on. His moment. And then it faded. Dave Tippett, head coach of Edmonton Oilers, on the next steps for the team. No, there's lots to do on the to-do list. We've, you know, there's uh, the game last night, if you watch it, I thought we started out a little cautious. You know, we're, you know, give them credit. They're a desperate team. They come out. I thought we got better as the game went on. And our, our third period, the players talked about it after the second period. Let's make the third period our best of the game and see where it goes. And we uh, were able to uh, get out of a deficit. So we'd like to start the game tomorrow like we played the third. But there's there's parts of our game that uh, uh, you like, and then there's parts that we still have to continue to, to work away at. And it's uh, that's the way it is, you know, an ongoing process all year. You, you try to zero in on things that uh, are really important to your group to build consistency in it. And that's what we're trying to do every day. And, and you're seeing some of the results, uh, you know, we're not, I wouldn't say we're a hundred percent consistent on what we're doing, but we're, we're trying 
hard to get there. So we'll uh, we'll keep working at it. As Dave Tippett, a familiar refrain from him: keep working at it, keep going on the journey, keep trying to get better each and every day. And I think we're starting to see Tippett's attitude. Him and you know him and Jim Playfair were were sort of the new guys uh, coming in. Glenn Goldson was here before, and Brian Wiseman is on the staff too. I think you give the entire staff credit, but Tippett, a very experienced head coach. I know we've talked at times over the past couple of weeks that sometimes the Oilers look like the Tippett coach teams with the Arizona Coyotes where uh, they're keeping the goals against down, they're playing with uh, some good structure, and they're playing relentless. Now, obviously, this Oilers edition has more high-end skill than those teams Tippett coached. Mike Smith was the goaltender on a lot of those teams, but it is funny how things are kind of working out. And Tippett also commented today on trying to keep level-headed through all the highs and lows. Well, yeah, I don't... I don't know how much guys read the press clippings. I know I don't read them. So uh, we're just trying to stay consistent in what we're doing. I, our, it's you know you try to stay consistent, not to get too high when you win, not to get too low. But you're trying to you're trying to build a a team where we know how we want to play together. Everybody has a role. Everybody's you know wants to do their part as bad as they can or as well as they can. You know that's that's the kind of atmosphere we try to create around here. It's winning is a winning is a byproduct of your preparation and and how you go about uh, staying consistent in your play and and maximizing the players you have. And uh, so if you stay to that kind of mindset, you don't get too high or too low when you you're winning or losing. Yeah, I think that's a good summary there from Tippett. Uh, that consistent mindset. And uh, just always being willing to put in that consistent work every day and trust what you're doing, trust your coach, trust your teammates. We're seeing that lately from the Edmonton Oilers for sure. Now, they are not obviously entirely healthy. Uh, man, who's out? Bear still hasn't been able to come back. Uh, Lagason is hurt. Cuckoo's going to be out a while with the collarbone. James Neal didn't go on the road trip. Kyle Turris is a little bit banged up. Zach Cassian's on long-term injured reserve. Uh, Tip gave a bit of an injury update today too. We're monitoring a couple injury things we've got going, you know, from last night's game that uh, there'll be a few guys not skate today. We'll see where Bear is today. Lagason, I don't think, will be ready. Tourist, I think, uh, if he gets through the practice today, could possibly be an option. So there's, we're kind of uh, day-to-day on a lot of guys. All right, so uh, we'll see. Maybe Bear comes back in tomorrow. We're we're certainly waiting for that. But uh, yeah, good good times here for the Oilers, for sure. As they will try to sweep the Canucks tomorrow night. And so many players are playing better than they were earlier in the season. Certainly mentioned Tyson Berry. I think you can put Adam Larson in that category as well. I mean, Rob and I were talking after one of the games earlier in the season. Could, could you take Adam Larson out? Does, does he need to be a healthy scratch for a game or two in order to, to try to get him going a little bit? But Larson spoke today and he says, look, yeah, we're having success now, but it, it actually started last year. We had a pretty, pretty nice record there too. So it's... Um start was something we really talked about and really pushed on earlier this season and obviously we didn't get the first 10 games the way we wanted but i think the group has really come together lately and uh it's showing that we're we're a really good team well i'm glad somebody got an email while adam larson was giving that clip so <laughs> somebody somebody's computer on zoom gave off a nice little chime 
it happens now in this digital world. I got to be honest with you, everybody today too. You, you may have, you may have figured this out. And thanks if you joined us during six thirty Shed Heart Pledge Day. Uh, started with the morning show and continued until six o'clock. We, you know, over five hundred and four thousand dollars pledged, which which was awesome. It was an honor for me to host from two to six. So usually when the Oilers, well, not usually, pretty much every time when the Oilers have a Zoom availability, uh, I am on it and I know what is said. This is different for me to today too, guys, because I'm hearing a lot of this audio for the first time because the Zoom availability was held while I was filling in on afternoons. So Kellen, if I, if I would have heard that uh, email <laughs> time, I may, I may not have used that clip. People are probably checking their own phones now. Oh, wait, did I get a message or was that playing on the radio? I was checking my computer in here too to make sure that everything <laughs> was, was muted. Like, but. That's what I was doing. I was like, what's happening? Is <laughs> something on my computer going on the air? Anyway, it uh, it didn't happen. At least, well, who was that a couple weeks ago? Was it some lawyer that accidentally looked like a cat on a yeah. Zoom call? Yeah, it's one of the big memes of 2021 already is lawyer cat. So there we go. Yeah, well, I, I mean, obviously I'm not doing – well, there's a little bit of video – uh, of me today announcing some of the totals and doing some stuff um, from 6.30 shit afternoons, but generally I, I, I do not have to worry about that. Okay. <laughs> Good times for the Oilers, absolutely. They're back at it tomorrow. 780-496-0063 is how you can check in. Big story out of Montreal today. We will dive deeper into that with Eric Engels, who covers the Canadians for sportsnet.ca. Grant Fedoric is scheduled to join us as well. His take on the Tiger Woods injuries and what the recovery is looking like. That's all coming up in the next hour. Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Appreciate you tuning in. Six thirty, Chad. Inside sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on six thirty, Chad.